On this edition of Larry the Golf Guy, we talked to Emilia Miliaccio, who is currently a commentator for NBC Sports and the Golf Channel. Uh, Amelia has had a stellar golf career. Um, she started at a young age um, and just uh, was a champion as a junior, three-time Rolex Junior All-American, won her state championship, uh, which would be North Carolina, um, as a freshman, um, went on to Wake Forest, where she was a four-time All-American, um, won the 2019 ACC championship, um, and um, you know, quarterfinalist in the 2020 U.S. Women's Amateur, won the 2022 Women's North and South Amateur, multiple Curtis Cup teams, um, played in multiple U.S. Opens, runner-up at the um, Augusta National Women's Amateur. We could go on and on about her many impressive accomplishments. Um, she sort of, after from a young age, thinking she was going to uh, try to become a LPGA pro, um, and certainly her track record suggests that she... Um, uh, had the talent to do that at a high level. She uh, went into her senior year at Wake Forest in uh, 2021 spring and sort of decided that um, she wanted to pivot a little bit and um, not um, uh, become a professional golfer, but to use her communications degree, which she was uh, got as a bachelor's that spring, and then um, ultimately got a master's from Wake Forest in communications to uh, become a commentator at the Golf Channel, um, which is what she's been doing the last two and a half years. Um, and, um, you know, in the process, it's uh, been interesting to watch because she's interviewing all sorts of people who she uh, competed against, who she played with uh, as a teammate in college and on the uh, Curtis Cup teams, Palmer Cup teams, etc. Um, and she does a great job in that. And that is what she is doing, although still keeping her hand in um, com competition. In fact, she had a fifth year of eligibility um, that she used when she was doing her graduate degree at Wake Forest, um, which she um, got her master's in um, this past spring in 2023 to rejoin the Wake Forest team for one last time for that fifth year and just a storybook um, finish there. Wake Forest wins um, the NCAA championship this past um, spring um, with her playing an important role in that. So um, she's continuing to play, but uh, her main focus is um, at NBC in the Golf Channel, and uh, she was just a pleasure to talk with, um, just a great personality, great insights, and um, just a, just really a joy to talk with. And, um, uh, you know, I, I think for those of us um, who've seen her work on the Golf Channel, I'm, she is a um, already at the age of 24, does a great job, and um, I think her future could not be brighter in that um in that arena. So uh, with all that up next um, on Larry, the golf guy, uh, Amelia Miliacho. Well, welcome to another edition of Larry, the golf guy. And I'm so pleased today to be welcoming to the podcast, Amelia Miliacho, who 
um, is a golf commentator and journalist at Golf Channel, a player with much um, success and um, including member of the 2023 Wake Forest NCAA champions. Um, but we'll get into all of that. Uh, Amelia, welcome uh, to the podcast and thanks so much for talking with us today. Oh yeah, of course, Larry. Thanks for uh, emailing me up and and asking for me to be on and, and very happy to be here. Great. So just to give people a little bit of context, and I, I chuckled when I was finding out about this, um, grew up, um, I think you were born in Raleigh, grew up in Cary, North Carolina. Um, and I know your mom was All-American golfer at Arizona. And the reason I've sort of brought a particular smile to my face is, um, you know, your fellow Demon Deacon, Rachel Keene and her mother, Brenda, the same thing. So the genes are strong with uh, the Wake Forest uh, uh, women's team. But maybe just tell us kind of how and when you were first introduced to the game of golf. Yeah. So like you said, my mom played golf in college. She played at Arizona. She was recruited from Sweden to play. She actually played one year with Annika Sorenstam. Um, wow. So that year they had her, Annika, Lita Lindley, and they won every single tournament except nationals. They finished runner up. Oh gosh. Um, but yeah, like a crazy season. And so, yeah, really cool to have my mom, the one that introduced me to the game, my sister, Sophia, she introduced us both, but I was kind of that sport lover. I loved to just work hard and, and golf was a very hard sport. Uh, and I don't know, there was something about it that I just kept coming back and, she always she tells me now when we reflect on when I first started, I played a bunch of sports until I was maybe nine, 10. And then I played soccer until I was 12. And then once I was 12, I just played golf. But my first tournament in golf um, was nine. Wow. And so how old were you when you first had a club in your hand? Like how young were you when you? Uh, I mean, I remember right. being, I remember being like six. I, I mean, I wasn't like two, three, like it wasn't like plastic clubs. I mean, at least it wasn't Tiger. You were Tiger Woods swinging it, you know, on the mic. No, I didn't have it. like a, I didn't have like a stuffed animal putter or like a stuffed putter, you know, a bunch of parents, you know, oh, I'm going to get my kid manifest the golf skills in them. Um, but yeah, I remember there used to be this par three course by Lonnie Poole, which is NC State's home golf course, North Carolina State. And we used to play that as a family all the time. So I kind of grew up doing that. Lockmere was a public course in Cary. Uh, that's where I grew up and then ended up in 2007. My family became members at McGregor Downs Country Club, which is where I spent my whole career practicing and it's really cool because a lot of the members now you know they've seen me since I was 10 years old out practicing right. and my mom was with me every day and wow yeah so blessed to have someone that not only understands golf but also knew how to train me to be a good player but that you know translated to so many other parts of my life so it was a you know, very blessed to have someone like my mom to, you know, bring me up through golf. I bet. And so you, you know, um, before, before we get into your sort of session junior golf, you mentioned soccer and golf. So, and obviously you're a gifted athlete, so I'm sure you were uh, terrific at, at soccer as well as golf. What made you choose golf as your focus? 
Yeah, actually, I can sort of pinpoint when it happened. So I was a goalie in soccer because I was you know, ah. five when I was 10. <laughs> so <laughs> it stuck me in the goal. <laughs> and I remember not making I didn't make the middle school soccer team and I was just crushed I still have suspicions because I know I was better than the senior that they just picked her I mean I I still am am convinced that I that I was good enough to be on that team (laughs) still not salty about it (laughs) (laughs) Um, but (laughs) I remember just being devastated my mom was picking me up from school and and you know she felt so bad for me but she said Amelia in this will be good for you because in golf you can play if you if you score low enough there will never be a question right. on if you're the best player if you're making a team there will never be a question and my and my mom played soccer too she played soccer and handball oh, wow. okay and, yeah yeah so she she told me she said you know that's why i loved golf because i had full control over how hard i wanted to work and, you know, full control over my score, which, you know, there are challenges in that when it's an individual sport, but the benefit is it's all you. So you have the power to be as good as you can be. And I think that really motivated me. And I think later that year or, or not long after I shot in the sixties for the first time at Pine wow. Needle. So wow. um, yeah, there was just a lot of, a lot of good things that kind of came from, came from not making that middle school soccer team. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you had such great success as a junior golfer, um, three-time uh, Rolex Junior All-American. I think if I'm remembering right, won your state high school championship as a freshman, which is impressive. Um, so you're doing all this, focusing on golf. Talk to me as, you know, you're now in your teens. I mean, early teens, perhaps, you know, what at what point did you start thinking, gee, you know, this isn't just fun. I think this may be something I really want to make as a career. Yeah. Very early on, I was a kid that if I was going to do something, it was going to be to the fullest. I mean, at one point when I, when I was a played soccer, I wanted to be, I wanted to play professional soccer. And then when I played golf, okay, I'm going to play professional golf. Like that's just, how I saw it. And I think maybe because my mom was a really good athlete and my mom had uh, wanted to pursue golf and, or professionally realized, you know, she didn't like traveling as much and, and got a job in finance um, after college. But um, yeah, very, very early on, I, I knew, um, or at the time I wanted to play professionally, uh, wanted to be, you know, best player on the LPGA, you know, that, that whole thing, but, uh, it really motivated me. And I, and my mom, you know, um, when I was in eighth grade is when I started looking at schools, uh, just sending out questionnaires. And, and that time it was different. Now you have to be a junior before you can talk right. to schools. Or whatever. Right. Um, but she always told me, she said, Amelia, based on what your goal is, you know, a lot of people are going to be stressed during recruiting. Like people are going to make it such a big deal if you're just sticking with, with what you're doing, a, a, a scholarship just is just a part of it. It's just a part of, if you're one of the best players, that's, that's what happens. So um, I really like that because just being around a, a lot of my friends recruiting and, and committing somewhere can feel so stressful and overwhelming. Um, but based on what my goal was at the time, it was something that I knew was just going to happen. 
And, um, you know, I had a very good sense of where I wanted to go to school. I'm very close with my family. So wanted to stay close to home. So uh, I was kind of between Wake or Duke. I visited Clemson in Georgia just to visit that bigger <laughs> school and, and loved it. Uh, but, you know, ultimately Wake ended up being perfect for me. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, because I figured Duke must have been in the equation too, even if you're focusing on North Carolina, but they both have great, great programs. So um, you go, so you, you know, enroll, I guess we're talking fall of 2017, just to keep my timeline in my head You're So you're at, uh, at Wake Forest, great success. Um, you know, you're freshman of the ACC freshman of the year, in 2018, championship team and win individual winner, both of them, four-time All-American. So a lot of success at Wake, a um, lot of success outside of Wake is, you know, your you know, quarterfinalist, U.S. Women's Amateur, you know, Curtis Cup teams, Pan American games, you know, lots of great, great stuff. Um, Anwa runner-up in 2021, the playoff. I, I actually remember that. Um, and so lots of great success. Um, and I want to just get into talking about kind of the um, th thought process and decision you reached. Um, and I think it's probably spring of 2021 where you, um, and I know you wrote that piece, which is wonderful that I've seen on, you know, for on Golf Channel. But where you sort of decided, hey, you know what, um, I've been grinding, grinding, and, you know, I'm not sure that I want to, you know, make this my career in terms of um, being the best LPGA player and, you know, being a professional. Talk to us about kind of um, your thought process and and what led you to that uh, decision. Yeah, it. I will say it was a hard decision, but it was one of the most freeing decisions I ever made once I made it. And I love golf more than I ever have because I did that. And, you know, basically kind of what you were saying, you know, I, I love training. I love competing, but I had to be honest with myself. And I really got honest with myself senior year when I wasn't playing as well as I wanted, didn't have some good finishes and um, was just reflecting on, you know, why I'm doing this and, and, what, why do I play golf? And was just realizing I'm not a lone wolf. Like I, what I love about golf is, is the community and mm -hmm. realistically. And unfortunately from my experience, professional golf doesn't offer that community the way right. that I want it. Right. A lot of professional athletes are more introverted. They're, they're, you know, just a hundred percent their sport. And that was me for so many years. And I actually think it's really good, you know, as an adolescent to, to have that drive because there's so many other things that are tempting teenagers and just so much stimulation and to, to have something that you're focused on. You know, I, I developed a, you know, very good conscience because of that, because I knew sure. that I wanted to be really good at golf. And as a result, you know, there are things that I will not do. But, right, right. you know, my senior year, I just felt like I felt like golf was weighing on me and it shouldn't be because what I'm doing is a privilege. It's, it's right, such right. an amazing thing to get to travel and compete 
and competing shouldn't be something that I'm anxious about and, and worked up about it. It should, it should be fun. Obviously you're going to feel adrenaline because you're performing. So your body's going to be different than if you're just going out playing a nine and dine. So that really got me just thinking. And again, my mom was just a huge help in that. She had always told me, you know, golf can take you anywhere. Like all this work that you've put in, it's not for nothing if you don't turn professional. And I think that was, you know, hard for me to hear at first, but really good. And so I figured, okay, what what are things, other things that I love to do? And Golf Channel had done a couple articles, a couple stories on me, and I got to know the some of the people pretty well. And some people had said, hey, if you ever want to work in TV, you'd be really good at it. So yeah. that was always in my head. And I so I connected with the senior writer of golfchannel.com, Ryan Lavner. Yeah. Um, he did a he did a really cool piece on me my junior year of college and just asked him kind of what the market looks like for jobs. Long story short, when I graduated, I uh, in in spring of 21, I was flying out to the Olympic Club to yeah. uh, cover the U.S. Women's Open. Um, right writing. So I was in the press conference. I was asking the questions cool. and spent the whole summer. I went to the KPMG as well, watched Nelly Corda win, become yeah. number one in the world. And that was such an awesome time for me because I could experience first, just not practicing for a week straight. I remember I didn't practice for a week at the U S women's open. And then I played in the Palmer cup. And I played right. well, I, I right. you know, won some matches and that was really cool for me. Cause I'd always just, if I didn't practice, like I never took a day off, like in undergrad. Um, cause if I didn't practice, I'm like, okay, I just lost it, which, you know, is a little absurd. Yeah, so maybe just, I just want to enjoy. So give people, this is so great. I, I love listening to this. When you were, you know, grinding, I mean, how many hours a day are you practicing? It's a, I mean, you're a division one athlete, the top level. It's a big commitment, right? Oh yeah. I, and I think people don't really know how big of a commitment. Right. It I is. don't think they do either. Um, I would say, I mean, in high school, in the summers, you know, it's six to eight hours a day. Um, so much time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, oftentimes, you know, you're, I, I'll, I would practice before playing 18 holes, play 18 holes, and then do some practice after with stuff I needed to work on. Um, as I got to college, you know, you don't have as much time to spend all those times practicing, but you know, it got to the point where our coaches, it wasn't like you practice from two to five because you know, we're one of the best teams in the country. They know we're going to get our practice in and uh, just a matter of, you know, when we wanted to do that. But I was, I was practicing, you know, you know, four or five hours a day, pretty much as much as I could in a day. So um yeah, a lot, lot of lot of practice and it's it's focused practice. It's drills. I'm not just beating balls like right, right. percent of my practice could be hitting balls. All 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 the rest of it is, you know, short game performance drills, all of those things. So you're kind of, so you you decide to sort of uh that's great. You decide to sort of um take a little bit of a turn um and you felt freer um you, as you've talked about and um so you're at the Olympic club. So you start, it's, that's when you sort of start working for golf channel. And, um, 
what was your first impressions? I mean, obviously you've liked it because you're, you know, you're, you, that's kind of the career focus you're having, but what did, what did it feel like to you? I mean, here you are, um, you know, you've been on the other side of the microphone being interviewed, being written about. Now you're the one asking the questions. Um, what was that like for you? It was so stimulating. I feel like I was, you know, backpacking across the country. Like it was, it was kind of myself <laughs> and I was just, you know, going to these places and, but there was also a team like the media center, you know, you right. have everyone there and I pretty much knew everyone because as a player, you know, these people are talking to me sure. and now we're colleagues and, and, you know, going to interview Lexi. Right. And so it was just so much fun. Like I just, I love the energy. It was high energy. It was, you know, fluid schedule. Um, it's very active. So I would go out and walk the course. I, I just, I love being outside and, um, but also just stepping outside of myself and really observing how the best players conduct themselves as professional athletes was really important for me as I was, you know, rekindling my relationship with golf. It was really important for me to see and, you know, really realize that, okay, I don't want to turn professional. That's still not what I want to do, but I still love golf. And I think I want to, you know, continue to compete here or there when I right. do. Right. So exactly. That's where I was going to go. So you're sort of um, getting back your love of the game, um, you know, and uh, you're doing this. And so you decide um, to get a master's right at Wake. So in communication, which is what your undergraduate degree was. And um, you've got the ability to, I guess, because of COVID, to sort of use an extra fifth year of golf at Wake, which you ultimately did, I guess, for the 2022-23 season. Talk to me about that. I mean, you're, you're still, you know, I'm not going to be a professional, but I'm, you know, now that the game is maybe not the eight hours a day, but, you know, at a little bit of a different level, you sort of, as you say, rekindled your love. What was your thought process in terms of saying, hey, you know, I want to, um, I, I got another year and why not? why don't I use it? Yeah. So it started off going into senior year, going to play professionally. Then it was, okay, I don't know yet. I'm going to take a fifth year. I'll apply for my master's program. Then it was, I don't want to take a fifth year at all. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so, yeah. that, so I had a two-year master's program that first year I was a teacher's assistant. That's I, it was a, it paid my tuition. So right. I wasn't a student athlete uh, for that year. And it was really cool because, you know, I got my, I got my autonomy back. I could go with my now husband. We went up, we did a bunch of weekend trips. I went home all the time because I was really close to home, but I also found myself going up to the facilities and practicing and being around the team. And it was that point in the fall of 21, where I realized that I would like to take my fifth year for my second year, my master's program. And Kim and Ryan, my coaches, they had, they, they had, they were kind of prodding me about it. And um, I kind of sort of said it casually. And, and I remember Kim giving me this stare and she was like, you better like 
are you serious about this? Because there's someone I'm going to commit if you don't say yes right now. And uh, so I ended up calling them later that day. I called my parents and told them, I said, you know, this isn't FOMO. I've really thought about why I want to compete. I want to finish my year right. By the end of my senior year, I felt burned out. I right. lost perspective on the game and I really want to do it. I want to do it right. And um, yeah, it was the best decision I ever, I ever made. Well, and talk about doing it right. So you 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 go in, you win, you know, in the summer, the following summer, you're North and South Amateur Champion, which is a big deal. That's a major, major uh, amateur tournament for both the men and the women. Then you're on the team. Um, and, um, you know, as you were saying, you're still competing. You just won a major amateur tournament. So, you know, you've, you've got your game and you're sharp. And what a season, right? You end up, um, much to my dismay, because uh, Stanford didn't uh, repeat, but um, you um, uh, end up uh, winning um, what I think is the first women's team title at, at Wake. Um, and a lot of great players have gone through Wake. And But as you, know, as you were pointing out with your mom, I mean, and when her time at Arizona, it's hard, you know, you can have a great team. I mean, to get all the way to the goal line in, in when the NCAA title as a team is hard, but you guys did it. Um, and you beat USC, um, uh, who had knocked out my Stanford Cardinal in the semis. So talk to me about that. What was that all like? I mean, talk about finishing with a bang. I mean, just magical, right? Yeah, it, it really was. I mean, I just had such a ball. Um, and, you know, going into postseason, we had some scar tissue at Greyhawk, just hadn't played well. And um, I, everyone on my team would say, so we lost, uh, we made it to match play of the ACC championship and lost in the first round of match play. And okay. that, that really propelled us to really think about, okay, what, what are we missing here as a team? And there was a couple of things um, that we needed to change immediately. And it was, you know, how we react to setbacks basically. Um, and we kind of took that fire and, and fueled it. We were almost out of regionals. We almost didn't make it, make it to nationals. And oh, we wow. Finished, I didn't we know that. Six under in our last like four holes or something. I mean, wow. it was insane to get into the third spot, the third seed, and I remember Ryan, um, our assistant coach, telling us before the first round, like, what you guys did those last couple holes at regionals, let's start that tomorrow. And that really set the tone. And I think it felt really good that we played well that first day and we didn't have to fight. The other times, you know, we were kind of like all a couple over and you right. just have to, fight to get back in. And yeah, making into match play just felt so good. And from there, I mean, the big, the key match was Florida State. Um, I lost the, I lost my match, the opening one. And I, I was like, oh no, but we pulled that one off and it, it was just, it was such a fun, it was such a fun group. I mean, those girls are, you know, my, my closest friends and to be able to make a memory like that. And for me and, and Lauren Walsh for our last years, I mean, you can't really ask her about a story. And and my uh, husband had proposed to me 
the year oh, the year wow. before. And so the last the final round of nationals was exactly 30 days before we were getting married. So and he wow. was there and I've only seen him cry twice, Charlie. And it was when I won the national championship and when he saw me walking down the aisle for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome. Is he I, I I know you're married. I don't know much about your husband. Is he golf related yeah. or is yeah, he does. He golfs recreationally. He grew up playing with his grandfather uh, at Springdale in Princeton, um, oh. but he got fitted for new clubs and broke 80 for the second time in wow. five years. So uh, he he's definitely getting better and, and we have a lot of fun. We play golf all the time together. So it's that's it's awesome. That's awesome. So let, let's so now you're you're done with your college career, done with Wake, got your master's. You're still working as you are now at the golf channel. And, um, I saw you out at Bel Air, um, for the women's amateur, which is in my neck of the woods. And, uh, which is, I will say was just a great experience for me walking out there every day. And, um, it was, you know, I'd never been to the U S women's amateur. Obviously you were a quarter finalist. You played in a bunch of them and now you're a commentator at it. And, um, it was fantastic. Uh, and, you know, particularly I'll just say, um, and I've said this to the USGA people, um, you know, after LACC, which I mean, obviously the men's open is the, you know, 800 pound gorilla for the USGA and, and, you know, the way it's roped off and I've played LACC dozens of times, I couldn't get around anywhere, um, just between the grandstands, the way it was roped off, but, you know, Bel Air, no ropes, just walking around and, you know, of course it was fantastic shape and it was great. Um, but I see you out there and I see, and these are all people you're interviewing who you really know well, yeah. you know, people like, you know, and I, you know, Rachel, obviously, heck I followed, um, I was really hoping she would do it, but, you know, I, I think she's a phenomenal story and great to see her healthy again after, you know, the injuries and stuff. And, um, but you know, she's a Curtis cup teammate of yours. You obviously know her really well. Uh, you know, Megan Schofield, who ends up winning is, you know, your, your opponent in the North and South amateur the year before. So these are people you really, really know well. What's it like to interview these people? I mean, they're, I'm sure they're friends, you know them well. I mean, what's that like for you? It's awesome because I feel a lot of people get stressed to get interviewed and, um, I hope at least that I make them feel comfortable because they're just talking to me. <laughs> it's no, <laughs> no, it's not. Hopefully I don't come across as intimidating because, you know, we're, we're former teammates. We've right. grown up together. So I love that I have the ability to put my friends and these elite golfers at ease. And I, you know, because I've played the game, I'm very sensitive to how I ask my questions um, and I think they appreciate that, you know, if, you know, someone misses a short putt, I'm not going to say what happened there. I'm going right, to, you know, right. just you got to ask the question, but right. be a little bit more delicate about the question, just things like that. So I would say that I love doing it, um, and definitely need to, I'm, I'm very aware of trying to stay neutral. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. if it's my friend, it's, it's, you know, it, and then, you got Rachel Keen out there, right? Your buddy, your I know, stuff. I know. I mean, that's gotta be hard, right? Yeah, it, it, it is. But I think it's cool because people that follow college golf know. So for the Stevens cup, last college event in Dallas at Trinity forest wake, 
played uh, Texas in the final match. And, you know, everyone knows that I, I just graduated. Right. I, you just, I, you're just finished teenager. the team. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I, I felt I did a good job at staying neutral, but it, it's, it, it's cool too to, you know, um, just have, have that. And, and obviously I'm, I'm rooting for them and, and um, it, it was cool when in the trophy ceremony, I was asking Kim, my head coach about their lineup for match play. And they're like, and she was like, well, since you're not on the team anymore, we don't know who to put out first. Cause we always put you out first. <laughs> so it was just like a fun moment where. Yeah, no, know. it's, it's, you know, it's great. Yeah. I will tell you, this is reaching back for me. I'm a lot older than you, but what it reminds me a little bit of um, I'm from Connecticut and, you know, the women's team, the NCAA basketball women's team in Connecticut is like, you know, our awesome team for the state. Um, and, you know, Gino's won whatever, 10 championships. And I remember Rebecca Lobo, who was on his first great team that won the NCAAs, went to ESPN right after she graduated. And she's interviewing him and, you know, and uh, the next year, you know, at the NCAAs. And it reminds me of that. And I and I do, I think you're, you, you do a great job. And those interviews, like the interview with Rachel Hack, when she um, finished um, and lost, I mean, was just wonderful. And and um, so I do think you do a great job. One of the things I thought was really cool this summer um, that I don't want to forget to mention and get your thoughts on is Pebble Beach. I mean, now you're, you know, we've talked about your, you know, you've gone from being this, uh, you know, uh, all American uh, player to now commentator. You're wearing two hats that week. Um, you're both competing and commentate, which is crazy. What was that like? It was a whirlwind. It was incredible. I was out at Pebble for two weeks, actually. My husband, Charlie, was there the entire time. And it was two days after we got married. We oh, left wow. That's a good place to have a honeymoon. Very good place. <laughs> and I was playing in a charity event the week before and then um the week after was the Yosemans open but yeah it, it was you know I, I called up uh you know person from NBC who, who hires everyone to different events and I said hey you know if I I'd love to try and qualify for the Yosemans open if I qualify can can the USGA schedule my tee times accordingly can we make this work and he was super excited he's like oh my god yeah that'd be awesome and I just played lights out in, in my qualifier. I was 11 under in 36. Yeah. It's like what? 68, 65 or something. If I remember, yeah. it's just crazy. Yeah, it good. Was, yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was so I hit 36 greens. If you count the two balls I hit on the fringe. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's like it Hogan. Was, that's like Hogan-esque. Yeah. It, it was just <laughs> one of those, one of those things where everything was just perfect. Um, and so all of a sudden now I'm broadcasting and playing, which was something I'd want to do the year before missed it by a couple shot uh, or, you know, I, maybe I decided not to do it. I missed it by a couple shots actually um, the year before. So finally got to do it. And it, it was crazy. I remember that Thursday morning I was following Lexi, Nelly and Jin Young Ko, And I was going to do nine holes with them before I teed off later the afternoon. I'm sitting in player dining and I'm like, what in the world am I have I gotten myself into <laughs> like, I'm never someone that like gets so kind of overwhelmed that I can't eat. Like I control my stress pretty good. Right, and I was right. just like, 
I had like a pit in my stomach. I can't eat anything. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it, but, but then it was, I mean, it was so cool. And I've so, I mean, I'm, I know I missed the cut by one, but I mean, I have so many great memories from that week, made a 30 footer for par on the first rolled in a 15 footer on the second, Charlie, his mom and youngest brother, all are all going crazy. Um, my uh, coach Kim was catting for me. Oh, wow. Um, it, it was, it was so special. And yeah, if I have the opportunity to do it again, I, I definitely would. It, it was awesome. Um, do you sort of just, just on that before, and I want to turn a little more to the golf channel stuff, but just on that, you kind of see yourself staying, uh, and as a competitor in, you know, at these national type events, um, you know, even though your career is focused on, um, being golf journalist and commentator, you see yourself still doing both. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, if I can play two to four tournaments a year, I would be just more than happy and just very satisfied to kind of get my competitive fix. And, you know, I, I want to remain a high level amateur, see what I can do. If I can right. pull off half of what Stu- Stuart Hagestad has done, then. Unbelievable. So you know him uh, well, I know, because you were with, and of course he's right here in, in Southern California. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, you, you were, I think you, if I remember you and Rose and him were part of the mixed team yeah. at uh, the Pan American game. So I'm sure you know him. Crazy, right? Three U.S. mid amateurs, just amazing. It's it's so incredible, and and that he's able to stay so good while being a working professional is remarkable. Regardless of how flexible your work schedule is, that's really hard to do when you're not absolutely right competitive athletes all the time. When you're not in an environment, it's all like your own doing, right? So just super cool, and yeah. If if I if I can do half of that, uh, I, I'll be so happy. <laughs> He's a good model. That's a good model. I hadn't thought about that, but that's a good model. What so so as you're into now, you know, two plus years sort of doing this for the Golf Channel. Um, what what sort of you look back your first couple of years? Anything surprise you about being you know golf commentator? They say, gee, I you know it's this isn't what I expected, or it's just different, or has it been pretty much kind of what you thought it would be? Yeah, I think I've just really, I think golf has taught me to be very adaptable and I've kind of just said yes to every opportunity. I've learned a lot. You really have to think on your feet because, you know, you do a lot of prep work beforehand, but, you know, you're creating your own thoughts in the moment. I think one thing that I find that's difficult for me is I'm not a natural golf geek. Like I don't, I don't know dates and courses and shots that have been hit. And cause my, my parents don't talk about like, don't aren't golf geeks. Right. Um, right and right. so for me, that memory of, of pulling from shots that players have hit and things they've done. Uh, that's one thing that I find. I, I'm always trying to work on just that yeah. memory box. Yeah. And it's cool because, you know, I, I have vivid memories of Rosang winning at Liberty yeah. National, Allison Corpus winning at Pebble. So I have those right. memories, like recent ones that I'm going to remember forever. But just right. you know, the ones with with Tiger, all that stuff. You know, I I don't right. I don't know. I can't pull from those. So right. Um, right. that's where I would say you know that that memory box is something that I'm just always trying to work on, and and something that you know you don't realize 
how difficult it is to remember all these dates and names until you're thrown right in it and have them do it. And then you're first, when you're sitting on the TV, you're like, man, why do they keep saying Emily? Like, it's obviously Amelia. Well, when you're out there, you know, you, okay, I, it's okay. I, I realize how hard it is to remember some of these things. <laughs> that is so funny. I love it. Um, and, you know, and I saw you, uh, you know, when I mentioned at Bel Air, I mean, you've got some incredible colleagues. I mean, you've got um, just on, you know, the women's time, you know, I, I saw you, you know, I saw Kay Cockrell out there, obviously Julie Inkster. Um, I don't know if you had known them. I mean, they're two, I mean, obviously Kay back-to-back women's amateurs. I mean, Julie three in a row with a hall of fame career and, you know, all whatever, seven majors, whatever. I mean, tremendous players. Um, they do a tremendous job at the golf channel. I mean, did you, that must be kind of, I'm just putting myself in your shoes. If I'm in your shoes, that'd be pretty cool getting to like work with them. And I don't know if you knew them, um, particularly well, uh, before I'm sure you must've met them because they would have, you know, you were a player that the golf channel was, you know, covering, but what's it been like to sort of now be colleagues with these, you know, kind of iconic women golfers? Yeah, it's, it's an honor. It, it truly is. Kay has really been a mentor to me when I, I worked with her, my first tournament, the U S girls junior in 2021, and, you know, had known her through her covering events that I've been in, but, you know, asked to chat with her about broadcasting. And ever since then, she's been just so incredibly kind. She's given me advice, tips on how to improve and get better and just so generous with her time. You know, her and her husband, Danny, you know, they've taken me out to dinner and, and just they make they've made me feel so comfortable, like cable stories of, you know, what what she's done and and different, you know, th- different memories of the past and learning experiences. And, yeah, working with Julie was so, so incredible. I first met her at the 2017 Solheim Cup when I was when I participated in the junior Solheim Cup. Right, right. And so we I mean we hadn't had a conversation. It was just sort of, hello, my gosh, it's Julie Inkster. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was really cool because it was one of, it wasn't, you know, as a kid, I knew who Julie Inkster was. Sure, it wasn't sure. like my mom saying, Oh, Amelia, Julie Inkster, like, right, just, right. Oh, she's like a really, really incredible, like hall of famer. Like I knew that like from just my own kind of like experiences watching the TV, just a little bit and hearing about her. So uh, it, it was awesome. Her and Kay are h- hilarious together. Like they, they're two peas in a pod. They're so funny. They heckle each other till no end. And I'm just sitting here <laughs> like fly on the wall, just absolutely laughing. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was absolutely incredible to work with them and everyone on golf channel. Like it's been just so, such a blessing. I've felt so, I felt so respected and just welcomed in and, you know, cause I'm, you know, beside like Julie and Kay, there's not, there's not really a lot of females who are doing right. this. That's so, right. Um, you know, they have been big mentors, but all the men who, who have, who work in golf channel, you know, they, they respect me. They, you know, welcome me in. I go to dinner with them all the time. So it's just been a really great group and, um, you know, so far just enjoying the ride. I, that's awesome. And so kind of looking forward um, and looking ahead, um, you kind of 
see yourself continuing? I mean, obviously, you know, uh, you, you're doing great. And, and but I mean, you kind of see yourself staying in sort of this space of, you know, golf commentating while you're, you know, being the female Stu Hagestat, maybe. Um, <laughs> but uh, is that kind of how you see things heading forward? Yeah, I think so. Um, I love I love what I'm doing. I want to keep progressing. I want to you know, be on the main telecast and, and do a full season of whether it's LPGA tour or PGA tour, I want to cover the majors. So right now, those are my goals that might change. I know I've always had a passion for, you know, coaching and mentorship, but yeah, for now, broadcasting is where I want to be. And it's been really fun to just be a part of, you know, these athletes that are achieving their biggest accomplishments ever. I mean, it's just, it's just so fun to just be alongside and, and to get to tell their narrative. Absolutely. And, uh, and I'll get you out of here on this, just kind of maybe in a more open-ended general question about the women's game. I mean, we, I talk a lot with folks about it. I don't know that you necessarily know Brady Riggs, who's a top hundred teacher out here in Southern California, but his daughter is, you know, trying to get on Symmetra tour. He's coached Danielle Kang for a number of years. And, and um, we always talk about the women's game and how incredibly skilled they all are. Um, and how, um, I mean, we, he, he, I think his favorite thing to quote is Jin Young Ko hitting 63 greens in regulation in a row, which is, you know, I think Tiger at the most was like 29 or 28. They went back and looked at numbers. I mean, I, I just think if you drop the ball a hundred yards from a green 63 times, you never miss one. I mean, and that's, so there's a lot of tremendous skill in it. You mentioned Rose and of course, you know, my Stanford roots, you know, I root for her big time winning her first, you mentioned Liberty national winning her first um, uh, time. She tees it up as a pro and incredible record. There's a lot of just stellar young players. I mean, go through, you know, you mentioned Nelly, Lilia Vu. I mean, there's just a lot. Um, what do you sort of see um, as sort of the challenges for the women's game today? Because I, I mean, I'll just from the cheap seats where I sit, it feels like they don't quite get the acclaim that you would expect when you take a look at not just the skill level, but the number of just stellar, stellar players, all, you know, 25 and under, you mentioned Allison Corpus, we could go on and on. Um, what do you sort of see as sort of the challenges of maybe getting um, the LPGA and all these tremendous stars kind of um, maybe they're due a little more than they do. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of have a lot of thoughts on this, but just briefly, I mean, I don't know why we don't do something similar to tennis. You have the men and the women play at the same, I mean, same time, you yeah. have, and now who knows with live and everything, like for me in an ideal world, your signature events. Okay are your limited fields, men and women, you stagger the tee times and you play them in the same, you play in the same tournament. You're looking to your left, you see Rory McIlroy and you look to your right and Nellie Cord is seeing off. Right. And they do it in college. They stagger the men and the women and people love it. I love it. I love that I can, you know, watch some men's golf and then watch some women's golf. So for me, it's like you, you that is that is the next step. Yeah. Um, I also think, you know, professional golf is such a, you know, it's an individual sport. It's very, it's just very focused. And I think, I think professional athletes as a whole 
should go through some kind of training on, okay, you're a professional athlete. So this is your main, this is 80% of what you do, but it's 80%. The other 20% is interacting with fans. It's smiling and waving at the crowd. You're an entertainer as well. Like whether you like it or not, you might like to just be super stoic, but you're an entertainer. People are paying money to watch you. And so I think, you know, that, you know, between if you're able to have the men and the women compete in front of the same crowds and then, you know, just some kind of training on just, you know, interviewing charisma and just just sort of charisma, I think those two things would go such a long way. But that's just those are just my thoughts. <laughs> no, those are great. And I know I, I'm trying to remember there was a tournament in Europe where they had the women men and women not just yeah, playing together, event. but competing um, together, right? I mean, I'm yeah. forgetting, yeah, which was great. And 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 you know, and then I mean, I know the Lexi thing at Shriners is a one-off, but I mean that got so much publicity. And I I as much as I'm into golf, I would not be following the Shriners open in the fall in normal course, but oh, I'm no, sitting there. I'm constantly <laughs> looking, you know, on my PJ tour half and I, you know, she made that run the next second day. And, you know, I really thought, you know, she might do it. And um, of course, you know, she, gosh, hits the ball so far. I mean, driving the par four and it was just incredible on the green, stuff. On tournament. I mean, are right. you kidding? I, I right. was blown away. <laughs> yeah, but that more some more so they, I I agree with you. I mean, sort of putting them together would be um, you know, something that would be really neat. I mean, I know this isn't quite what you're saying, but you know, they I know when Michelle we won, you know, at Pinehurst, of course, they did them back to back. Um, but you know, there was talk about, you know, maybe you combine the Ryder Cup and the Solheim Cup. I mean, I know there was chat about that because they were happening the same year this year. Yeah. Wouldn't have been neat if they were together. Oh, yeah. So, I think so- wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. I mean, I think Stacey Lewis said, you know, there was really a missed opportunity here. Right. The same, they're happening in the same sort of area, like the same time, you know, but unfortunately it, it, I don't know, it doesn't maybe benefit the men's game as it would the women's game, but I think it would benefit golf as a whole. Exactly. Maybe seeing it as like, oh, it won't benefit the men's game, but it would help the women's game. So we're really doing them a favor. It's like, the better way to look at it is you would be doing golf just a huge favor and a huge growth. Exactly. I totally agree. Uh, Amelia, listen, this has been great. Um, I really love your work. Um, and um, uh, this has been so much great fun chatting with you about it. I really appreciate you making the time and um, continued great success in both the golf channel and golf competition arenas. Um, And uh, thank you again so much for um, coming on today. Oh, of course, Larry, this was so much fun talking with you and yeah, I'm, I'm super excited and uh, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to stay in touch and see if I can survive these 50 mile an hour winds here. Yeah. uh, We're in Scotland, (laughs) but enjoy the old course. Thank you. I will.